What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. In today's episode, we'll be talking about that amazing game winner again from DeMar DeRozan. We'll also be breaking down the game against the Wizards, talking about the Bulls' upcoming week, going to the mailbag, and also we'll be uh, just breaking down some things with the, with this Bulls team. We're going to get into it all and more right after this. All right, so I, I we got to start with this, right? We have to absolutely start with this. DeMar DeRozan did it again. First of all, the Bulls did not play very well against the Wizards. This was not a good game by any stretch of the imagination, right? But it was a good win in the sense that the Bulls, this Bulls team was able to pull it together and pull it out. Um, again, the Bulls giving up 72 points in the paint, not playing great defense, very sloppy on turnovers, especially in the first half. They did get it together in the second half, but the Bulls did everything to lose this game in several ways. Uh, in the first half of this game, we only had four four players who scored at all in the first half of the game. That was Nikola Vucevic, Kobe White, Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRozan. They were the only four players to put points on the board. Today, only uh, only six points from our bench overall in this game uh, as a whole. That's just not going to cut it. Now, again, we know that the Bulls played five games in seven nights and what that means to the Bulls. Um, but overall, it was just, uh, it was it was not a great game for our Chicago Bulls. But at the end of the day, the Bulls were able to, to get that lead down, right? They were able to get that lead down, get in striking distance. And as we can see, if you give this team uh, the ability to get in striking distance at the end of the game, they're going to try to find a way to pull it out. And that was DeMar DeRozan tonight just giving us everything great. Like that shot, first player in NBA history to hit buzzer beaters in back-to-back -back nights. Not back-to-back -back games, but back-to-back -back nights. That may never be done again. We seriously may never see that done again. It's 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 amazing. It was amazing to, to see and such a such a, a good thing for a player who's been criticized so much for things that were somewhere that were out of his control, some that was in his control. But it's good to have DeMar DeRozan in a Bulls uniform and to see this and to have this team and have these two games coming into the new year back to back that we had on De DeMar DeRozan's buzzer beaters. It was a great way to end the year. And then we started the new year the same way we ended on a DeMar DeRozan buzzer beater three. Amazing. Beautiful shot. Shouts out to DeMar to God DeRozan because he deserves all of this, and it's good to see a player do these type of things. It's great to see him do these type of things. So, uh, and you know, what, one thing that I do want to go into this with, I'm um, gonna talk about is is for those that are making the knee jerk reactions, and of course, we're known, and especially because we have a day off, the conversations will be so much about the bulls should have kept Daniel Gafford. Listen, Daniel Gafford was never gonna get that contract on this team, and if we kept Daniel Gafford, we wouldn't have. Even if we did give him that contract, you're looking at then not having Demar Derozan or Alonzo Ball. It, everything happens for a reason, so I'm not going to stick on that point very much. But I do want to talk about this narrative, and I didn't address it in my last video because it was really silly to me. Um, of you know, after Demar's game winner in, in Pacers, and people looked at Zach Levine's reaction, and then they tried to this whole narrative spun out about Zach being up. Listen, none of that was true. One of the biggest things and biggest storylines of this team has been no egos. We've heard that talking. And Zach Levine after the game tonight. Um, or last night, I should say, saying, hey, I want to I thank God we got DeMar DeRozan on our team. Listen, there's no egos on this team. There's no beef or any desire to or uh, being upset that uh, Zach Levine didn't get to, all that shit. Got to stop. Y'all got to stop gossiping his grown ass men, man. Y'all got to grow up from that. That's my opinion. I'm sticking on that. If you feel some type of way about it, I don't give a fuck. Um, so that's what I had to say on that. Um, as far as the week that the Bulls just went through, we had five games in seven nights. We sweep that whole week. Um, what does that mean for the team? This was a, a, a tough week for this team. And yes, we didn't face any uh, the, the marquee level um, 
opponents or anything like that. But at the end of the day, the Bulls depleted um, roster. We face other teams depleted depleted rosters. At the end of the day, you have to beat who's in front of you. And the Bulls played some good games down the stretches of, of, of the schedule of this week. To have an undefeated week is nothing to shake your head at, no matter who the competition is. A seven-game winning streak on top of that, on top of the five games that we won this week. The Bulls sit firmly now on top as the number one team in the East, and we know it's going to fluctuate some more. But really, we can see this, and, and shout out to a few of the um, of the subscribers that, are in the, that were in the live streams for a while ago. They said, like, when we had a stream like a week or so ago, that the Bulls could go on a 10-game winning stretch. And when you look at the games that we have next week, Really, um, we face Orlando. You don't want to sleep on Orlando. We'll get into some of the things next week, so I'm not, not going to step on that. But the Bulls and what this streak means for this week has been huge, and it's been great to see as a Bulls fan us have the week that we do and be able to find some resiliency. Listen, five games and seven nights is nothing to shake your head at. It's not easy at all. And the Bulls could have very well dropped a couple of these games, especially on a back-to-back, -back, and you would have understood if the Bulls lost tonight against the Washington Wizards. Yes, it would have sucked because the Bulls didn't have the legs, they didn't have the energy, and they played sloppy. Um, but at the end of the day, considering the week that they had, you know, you 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 would have kind of understand, understood it. Yes, we're a much better team than the Washington Wizards. We should be the Washington Wizards but again as we know this is the NBA teams lose against lesser competition every single night so with that being said like the Bulls being able to pull out fight some adversity find ways to win games is nothing to just ignore or overlook sweeping a week and in a big week like that in five games and seven nights we need to give some love to our Chicago Bulls to so go back to the game and I know I, I kind of got off of this for a little bit to go back to the game last night I know that a lot of the conversation is going to be around Zach Levine's amazing first half and him coming uh, and, and down the stretch and coming up big first down the stretch as well. It's going to be about DeMar DeRozan's three, which is rightfully so. Like I said, history in the making, amazing and all that. But let's not overlook the contributions of Kobe White and Nikola Vucevic. Kobe White, once again, was one of the most consistent players on this team, right? Zach Levine had a great first half, started the second half off kind of slow. Kobe White consistently and thoroughly throughout the game was very much our most consistent scorer and he played amazing on defense. We need to stop this narrative that Kobe White is not a good defender. People need, like, and it's so crazy. Like, people do the same thing that, like, mainstream media, like the ESPN does. They stick this narrative, and then they they they, they just, they, they pick a narrative, and then they just stick to it no matter what other, to the contrary, points out to that. You guys have to watch these games. Anyone who comes in and wants to say that Kobe has not improved as a defender, you actually have to watch what he's doing, his awareness on defense, his ability to knock out loose balls, the steals that he's getting, um, the blocks that he's getting at some point too, the on-the-ball defense. The on-the-ball on defense is probably still the weakest part of his game and it's, and it's probably always going to be. I'm never going to expect Kobe White to be a lockdown defender or anything like that, but his awareness off the ball is, being, is, is great. And really when you look at it, and I've said this and made this comparison before, Kobe White's defensive woes are very similar to what Zach Levine was early in the season. I'm not comparing them as players. I don't think Kobe's going to develop into that type of player at all, but I'm just saying that it's very similar, and you can improve on defense, and Kobe White is showing an improved focus on defense, and it's evident. It's going to make him that much better as him having having him as a, as a bench player on this team. So I wanted to acknowledge that, and then I also want to acknowledge Nikola Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic, who... It came up big for us in the second half, got a block that we wouldn't have won this game without as well. And I want to acknowledge those two players. Really, uh, most of our scoring came all, all but 15 points. Keep in mind, the Bulls scored hundred and Bulls scored 120 points in this game. All but 15 of, so 105 points came from Zach, DeMar, Vooch, and Kobe White. And that's it. That is it. 
Six points off the bench for the, for the night. Nine points from Derrick Jones Jr. all coming in the second half as well. Shout out to him on that. But every other point that was scored was just scored by those four players. That is amazing. And that's something that needs to be stated. I know Zach's going to get get it because it's Zach Levine, and rightfully so. He had a big night. DeMar as well for that three. But we need to acknowledge also that we don't win this game if it's not for Kobe playing as consistently as what he, ha- what he did in this game on both sides of the ball and Nikola Vucevic's contributions in both halves, but specifically in that second half. So I wanted to make sure that I pointed that out as well. Now, going into the week ahead, uh, the Bulls look to get more healthy in the week ahead. We know we're getting Lonzo back. Uh, McKinney and Billy Donovan should all come back over the course of next week. I think Billy Donovan is, is kind of confirmed to come back early in the week. Um, Lonzo and McKinney have gotten out of health and safety protocols. So with the day in between, you do kind of expect them all to be back uh, for Monday's game. If not Monday's game, definitely by Friday's game. But let's hope we get them all back in Monday's game before the long break, just to kind of break uh, break them back in or whatever. Um and the Bulls have a, a interesting week ahead. You know, um, also something that I didn't mention, Tyler Cook did go down with a sprain injury. You guys know I'm a big Tyler Cook fan here. And it sucks to see him go down uh, with a with a rolled ankle. Uh, they haven't come out again to say any timeline or anything. We know with sprained ankles, it can you can a sprained ankle could keep you out for a couple of weeks. And it looked like he rolled that ankle pretty good. So let's uh keep our prayers out for for Tyler Cook as well. Um, and just to see what happens with him. But you know, to get back into this week. The Bulls have the Magic on Monday, the Wizards on Friday, the Wizards again on Friday, and we end the week with the Dallas Mavericks on Sunday. I like that we have space between each one of those games. I like that we don't have back-to-backs. Um, the game against the Magic, don't sleep on the Magic. They can make it pretty tough for us, especially, you know, Wendell Carter is going to be out to probably try to show out against us. But the Bulls, we're better teams than the Magic and the Wizards, handedly. So we should be able to win those games, especially if you look at us getting the players that I mentioned back. Um, Wizards on Friday. Again, you saw what what a tough game this is, and don't be surprised if the Wizards come out really trying to show us some things and to get a revenge game back. So again, that's going to be a tough game for the Bulls. The Bulls are going to have to execute much better than they did tonight against the Wizards. But the key thing and the matchup that I'm really, really looking forward to, you guys know, I've said it before, I'm a huge Luka Doncic fan. And I, I, I hopefully Luka plays. Hopefully doesn't anything happen. Knock on wood that we don't get any other issues or anything like that. But this is going to be, we have two measure, three measuring sticks all back to back. Now, the Mavericks in the week. But right after the Mavericks uh, next week, we have Brooklyn coming in town um, January 12th. And then we follow Brooklyn up with Golden State coming in town January 14th. So we have Dallas, Brooklyn, Golden State, Boston all in a row, right? In separate weeks or whatever. So looking ahead to that, it's going to be an interesting week. But to end this week on the Dallas Mavericks game, this game is going to be a measuring stick game. This game is also on a not We don't have a nationally televised game until Brooklyn on ESPN, uh, which sucks. But this game against Dallas. This is a game that I'm really going to be looking to see how the Bulls play, how they execute, how they stand against some of the other, uh, one of the other upper echelon teams as well, and just seeing Luka. I love seeing Luka Doncic play, um, but that's the Bulls' week coming ahead, and it's going to be a, t- a tough week for the Bulls. It's, you know, it's good that we have space and we don't play a lot of games in a condensed schedule again, that we only have three games in seven days rather than five in seven days. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, the Bulls. Look forward to that week. Let me know what you guys think. What do you think the Bulls' record is going to be by the end of next week? That's Let, let me ask you guys that. Um, what, what do you think the Bulls' record is going to be? And if you think they're going to drop a game, which one? Let me know that. All right, that's it for that. Let's go ahead and get into the mailbag. First, we have a uh, text from the 312. I've been doing a bad job at, at acknowledging texts like this because it doesn't answer a question, but I do want to acknowledge this. So from the 312, the text just reads, Ice in his veins, frozen to Rosen. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely, brother. Now we're going to go ahead and get into the voicemail. First voicemail is from Andre. Let's get into that now. This is 
this is Andre. I want to piggyback off of the um, Kobe White situation that you spoke about earlier. So regarding Kobe White, um, you know, he's kind of a polarizing individual in regards to the Chicago Bulls, and I understand why. I think ultimately right now for this season that we keep Kobe White for the duration of the season unless we get a trade offer that we can't refuse because Kobe White is is a trade asset because he's young and talented. But for right now, in this moment, in the 2022, in the 2022 season, I think it's best that you keep him because now this is the first time that Kobe White has been in the position to play a role that suits his skill set. He's played well in the last couple games. He played well against um, Atlanta in the second game where he had 17 points, 12, 12 assists. He shot the ball well against the Pacers. So we've seen moments of excellence with Kobe White, but we've also seen situations where he has been, um, hasn't played well, hasn't showed great basketball IQ. But ultimately, I think he's in a position where he can now be effective and play a role that suits his skill set. Even when Lonzo Ball comes back and Caruso comes back, Caruso comes back, he can play a role where he's a six man. And I think that's the most important um, thing to realize with Kobe, that he's in a role that suits his skill set. After this season, then we can talk about possibly seeing what we can get for Kobe because ultimately we can't keep him for what he's going to be worth in a couple of years because you're going to have Levine with a big contract coming up for the possibly a Supermax because he's going to probably make All-NBA this year. You know, you just signed the Rosen to a three-year $85 million. You just signed Caruso. It's San Alonzo Ball. So you're not going to be able to keep Kobe White at the price he's going to be worth when his, when his rookie contract is up. So we keep Kobe White now, and then in the offseason, we look to see what we can get for him in terms of trade value for other assets. That's all I want to say. Go Bulls. Bulls Nation. All right, so Andre comes with an interesting pr- perspective here. Definitely, he's, he's saying keep Kobe White, uh, trade him later down the road, and then asking about Kobe's long-term effect on this contract and this is what i want to say and you know first let me say this shout out to you for you know other than just you know saying oh we just need to co- trade kobe for a big man actually thinking of and, and presenting solid reasons on why you think the bulls should look to trade kobe now what i will say for this and this is again this let me validate the the, the contract concerns and especially with the team that doesn't like to go into the luxury tax all very valid we are we already know it's, it's very valid but looking at this roster right kobe has one more year on his roster on his contract after this Vooch also has one more year in his contract after this. Now, we know Zach Levine's contract is 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 coming, and that's going to be a huge extension. But the thing with that being said is that with Vooch's contract coming off and, you know, not saying that we're going to get rid of Vooch, even if we re-sign Vooch, it may be to quite a lesser deal. At that point, Vooch would be a 30, a going-on 33-year-old center. Um, and so um, we could very well sign him for considerably less than his contract. Now, at the same time, Kobe White. Now, if Kobe White keeps playing like this, right? Absolutely, you expect him to get offers. It depends on what the Bulls can offer him um, with that. But I would say that as far as the contract concerns for Kobe White long-term, I think that the team can, if, especially if the Bulls are a contender like we think they can, if, they, if the Bulls are contending for a championship, I and and let's say, let's say the Bulls, God forbid, again, knock on wood, let's say the Bulls do make a long run and they make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals. They don't quite make the finals, but you see that what's there. I very well do expect this front office to, to if they're putting their, their money where their mouth is, and it's always been they don't want to pay luxury tax for not not a title contender. At that point, the Bulls would be, can, you have to consider the fact that the Bulls are a legit title contender. So you want to be able to hold on to your players. So with that being said, 
you know, the Bulls have the mini mid-level exception next season uh, anyway, and they'll have the mid-level exception again. You you would think that the Bulls, if they become a financial uh, destination, that you they'll, they'll use that to go into the luxury tax, and then you can keep a player like Kobe White. We also need to keep in mind, right, you don't want to do what some teams like the Lakers do, in which you're, you're so focused on contending now that you forget you can contend and develop players and keep younger players around. So Kobe White being a young, younger player, and in the voicemail you mentioned Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, again, Alex Caruso's deal is three years, right? So again, there's some overlap there. There's a world, absolutely, especially because again, Io, he could demand a lot more money than Kobe on the open market. They'll actually be free agents at the same time. Um, so with that being said, I, I wouldn't automatically say that the Bulls that financially they can't keep Kobe White. It depends on uh, how a few things go. Now again, there is validity in what you're saying. I'm not saying there's not, but I want to be clear here that if if the Rhinos, as they said, they're willing to pay luxury tax for a title contender. You want to keep younger players. You want to keep that because as your your older players decline, at that point, like I said, we'll have a thirty uh, going on thirty three year old center. We'll have Demar Derozan who's aging, and again, we know his his game is at its peak. It probably will age very well. But with that, with the, all those things mentioned, if Kobe White is giving you fifteen points off the bench consistently in this brand of defense that he's been playing, that's a player that you. Do as long as you can add other players with the with the exception that you do go in the luxury tax to keep. So I I think I understand your concern there, and like I said, it is valid. But let's be let's be clear here. The Bulls have matching capability. Let's also be clear. Let's let's see Kobe um do this and keep up this level of contribution for a whole season, right, or for the, at least the rest of the season before we start thinking about if we're going to price ourselves out of Kobe White or not. Um, like I said, definitely, definitely, we it's several worlds in which we can keep Kobe White. It's several worlds in which we should keep Kobe White as well, um, because you only you only get one mid level exception. And if the Bulls are going to be trying to add some front court depth with that, then uh, you do want to keep your bench score score there. So you know we'll be able to see. Let me know what you guys think down below on Kobe's long time co contract potential. And again, it could very well be that it, that another team sees Kobe White's potential and says, no, this is a player that we absolutely want, and they and that we do get priced out of it. A lot of things to go there. We'll 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 evaluate that more towards the end of next season than this season. But again, I don't think they trade Kobe White. I don't think they trade Kobe White in this offseason. If anything, um, again, if a great deal presents itself, but I think sometimes we forget too that the Bulls aren't looking necessarily for a starter level at the four. They think they have that in Patrick Williams. So, you know, that's my thoughts on that one. Let's get into the next voicemail. What's up, brother? Shalom. First of all, I want to give you an apology in the Bulls Nation. I was really upset with all these trades they were trying to do concerning Kobe White. Also, Derrick Jones Jr. putting down Wook and wasn't giving the Bulls time. We hadn't even played a good 17 games to 20 games. And we was already throwing them in the fire. I'm so glad the Bulls decided to give other players Playing time like Tyler Cook and giving boot time to get himself together. And we still realize Kobe White has just come off of surgery. He didn't have no preseason. So I just want to apologize. Go Bulls. Don't give up. We don't need to trade nobody. We don't need nobody. We're doing good. Don't fix nothing that's not broke. So with that, peace and love. What you think? This kind of goes into into my last point. Um, do the Bulls need to make a move at all? Our move that we may may make may very well be just getting Patrick Williams back. Now, if that if that's not it, and I'm really the more and more the longer the things go, I really do think that our move is going to be more on the buyout market and waiting to see what we get to that. And if somebody doesn't come out on the buyout market, that the Bulls may very well run with what they have. 
Um, again, I understand this whole mindset of why players, why fans want us. Like this is the this is the best season and the closest we've been to contending four years. So I understand that mindset. But again, keep in mind a lot of improvements happened in the offseason as well. The Bulls weren't even expected to be this much of a contender, but I, I understand it for sure. I understand it for sure. Well, it remains to be seen. We'll see. But do they need to make? I think the more and more, the more the Bulls go on. Uh, either way, the need word, right? Again, words mean things to me. I get caught up in stuff admittedly sometimes. It's one of my faults. Um, I don't think the Bulls need to make a move, period. They don't need to do anything. Now, should they? Absolutely. Especially when you look up giving up 72 points in the paint against a team like the Washington Wizards. Now, again, it was a down, t- a down game overall. We were missing a lot of our uh, better defenders with Javante Green, uh, Caruso, and Lonzo all being out. But at the end of the day, with that, all that being said, I do think that um, we don't necessarily need to make a move, but I do trust this front office enough. And that's all what it all boils down to is that you have to trust our front office. If you were saying that we have such an improved front office and how good it feels to have the front office that we do, got to trust the moves that they make. So that's my opinion on that one. Let's get into the last voicemail today from Eight Lives. Let's get into that now. Man, what's up, my boy Hayes? This your boy Eight Lives. My boy Kobe showed out again. Even though I shouldn't be saying it like that, because like I said last time, I'm not surprised. His defense is on point. One thing I forgot to say about the game yesterday against Indiana, my best play, hearing Adam Levine or whatever his name is, the announcer say, Kobe White is on the ground. He gets the, he gets the ball. Kobe dove for that ball and threw that boy straight to DeMar yesterday. Today, Kobe was on his business on the defense, bro. Stop saying trade Kobe. We going to get another power forward. We need him. And I know you know, and I know you're probably tired of me, but I cannot do this because I've been waiting on this boy to come back this year and give me another one of them dunks like he had last year over Stanley Johnson. And he did it. He dunked, he dunked on LeBron, basically. Kobe going crazy. The Bulls, DeMar DeRozan is sick. I have never in my life. Seeing somebody hit two buzzer beaters back-to-back in the games. Come on, bro. That's MVP status all day. You were correct, too. Um, What's that boy named Tyler Cook? He decent. I hate he rolled his ankle tonight, but he looking like he going to take some playing time from that boy uh, if he's not injured. Man, I'm going to go and get up out of here, bro. Bulls fan, we are lit. Eight lives signing out. Hey, man, look, man, I'm going to hit you back in a minute, man. I got to watch this shot about 50 more times, man. The Bulls, we lit. First place. Hey, you the man. Eight lives. Listen, your energy for Kobe White, I fucking love, bro. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's not much to add to that. You said it all there. Um, so, yeah, shout out to you on that one. As far as Tyler Cook, listen here. I really do believe in the in the long-term potential of Tyler Cook. And, yes, it's been games. It's been games against teams that were also depleted and everything. But, you, it's looking at the skill set. It's looking at what he could offer, right? Um, yes, and, and keep in mind, bench players. So it's not like he's gonna. We're, we're throwing him out there to start. But I do like Tyler Cook's energy, and I think Tyler Cook can very well develop into one of those players that. He, he, this is this is what I'm saying. This is a great comparison. And he doesn't have quite the energy of an Alize Johnson, right? But he has more skill than Alize Johnson. So just like we were excited about the energy levels of Alize. I'm equally as excited for that for Tyler Cook. And you see, and you you saw it. Like unfortunately, he got hurt in this game. But you, for people who've watched, you've seen Tyler Cook pro- progress each game that he's played and, and gotten more minutes. And you see him just continually develop. And that's the key thing of why I want to see Tyler Cook on this team is that more NBA reps against actual NBA uh, competition, 
I'm just really excited to see how this dude can continues to develop now it could be that at some point he hits a limit and he doesn't develop quite to the way that i think he may and that's fine but at this point i do think you need to take a look at tyler cook that boy is he's showing a lot he's showing a lot let me know what you guys think down below about tyler cook and his overall progression on this team and his potential long term on this team as well again small sample size but let me know what you guys think about that down below but otherwise that's it for me today um, if anything comes out about Tyler Cook's injury or anything else, of course, you guys know I'll be dropping breaking news videos. That's not an issue for me. Um, but otherwise, that's it for my uh, episode today on Chicago Bulls Central, man. Like I like to end every well for them. See, I'm trying to get better at the plugs. Make sure you follow us at Bulls Central Pod. Make sure you send us any e email uh, feedback, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Um, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at 773-270-2799. That's the text and voicemail. Uh, line other than that like i like to end every episode on go bulls i love you guys peace this has been a presentation of the break break media, media.